the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, their station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. another week. We made it to another Monday edition of Lifeline. And I'm so glad to have you in the house once again for a two-hour discussion about all of the things that matter to you and I, and frankly, to our God. Again, welcome to the Monday edition of Lifeline. It happens to be April 17th, 2023. I could say on the one hand, nothing significant, just another day in Graceland for your boy. Uh, Just glad to be alive, healthy and well, took advantage of a a little bit of the outside weather before coming in and diving deep into the uh, into the rabbit hole, if you will, of all of the various things that are taking place in our world and coming back up with some jewels of information and data and uh, and, and willing to not only willing, but kind of obligated to share it with you uh, as we as we prepare our program. Let me give you a portion of scripture. I'm meditating out of Psalms 67. I'll read verses one through seven. Beautiful psalm. God, be merciful unto us and bless us. And cause his face to shine upon us. Salah. This is a phrasing from a psalm, which if you know anything about the psalms, they are really musical scores and stanzas. They are mizmars for the worship of God in some context or another in ancient Israel in the days of David, Moses, the sons of Korah, the the children of Israel that were a part of the Levitical service. And so we are reading a stanza in a psalm, a song that says, God be merciful unto us and bless us. What What a word needed for our world today. God be merciful to us, meaning he doesn't have to be, meaning we don't deserve it, meaning if anything otherwise comes, it won't be God's fault. God be merciful to us, to us and bless us and cause your face to shine upon us. Salah, that little Salah is actually a another musical notation that um, rather than what is often understood as a kind of pause, and med- meditation is really an, uh, an insignia for a kind of uh, jubilant sound or an expression of music that might uh, be along the lines of a set of trumpets blowing between the next stanza. And then the next stanza comes in order that your way may be known upon the earth. You are saving health among the nations. God be merciful unto us and bless us. Cause your face to shine upon us in order that your way may be known upon the earth. 
and thy saving help among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon the earth. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. What a word given to his people and the world itself being the beneficiaries of it. The particular word I want to lift up, even though we could talk about a number of things in this psalm, the need for mercy, the need for God to reveal himself to us in the person of Christ. That's how his character and attributes are known in Jesus. Jesus is the revelation of the invisible God. He is the visible Yahweh. Uh, in order that his ways may be known and his saving health. When the psalmist uses that term, the saving health of God, how appropriate is that for where you and I are today? God alone can heal us and deliver us and bring us up and out of this crazy demise that you and I are experiencing, albeit uh, massively censored on the part of our media for so many reasons. I'm going to be talking to you about that uh, particularly more fully when we come back from the break. But do we not need God? to show us his way and heal our land of all of the maladies, all of the diseases, psychological, sociological, um, domestic, uh, economic, certainly spiritual, personal, collective, uh, and, and more. We are in a major, major disarray, and we need God to show up. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let the people praise thee. Then... Shall the earth yield her increase embedded in our world, in our universe, among humanity are great and precious promises embedded among us. It is the incorruptible seed of the person of Jesus among us who can bring about by his spirit through his word, who can bring about a turning around, a repentance a return to God. It won't happen unless he does it. And this is really what the psalmist is appealing to, even for the ancient people of Israel, how often they rebelled against God, disobeyed his word. And God said, when you rebel against me, the plagues and diseases of Egypt will come upon you. And he meant that to take place as nations would override Israel for its rebellion against God. And what might I say about its application to you and me today? What might I say about a nation who has touted being blessed of God? I I mean, we've been saying this for uh, as long as I've been alive. You know, God bless America. Uh, What might I say about it? Um, We need the same thing that the psalmist was decrying God for in that day. We need repentance. We need to turn back to God. We are in a state that I must say, I must tell you that there is a My conclusion as to what's taking place in the world that I live in today, ladies and gentlemen, is is that it's a takeover of our country. Our nation is being taken over right before our eyes. It's as simple as that. I wouldn't even I don't even have to, like, make a lot of noise or or banter or even preach to you in that regard. When I look at what's happening in our Congress, when I look at what's happening in our Senate, when I look at what's happening in our institutions and structures of governance, when I, I, I'm just watching a 
fabulous presentation by Naomi Wolf. You, some of you guys may know her. She has also been in infamously silenced because she has been a dogged, dogged uh, uh, investigative journalist, um, really uh, taking to task um, everything that has gone on since the beginning of this whole COVID fiasco, um, having data, having records, having information, and laying out to the American people and the world specifically what has been going on in terms of Pfizer's knowledge of the massive damage that uh, takes place whenever these jabs occur. I mean, she's eloquently speaking to Hillsdale College right now about these things. Uh, and, and just listening to what she said is shocking, utterly shocking to know that they knew and they sent out these products anyway. What's so not shocking, what's not so shocking today right now with yours truly, who hopes to continue to unpack a number of things of this nature to you over the next couple of hours, is how indifferent we have become to this whole subject matter. It gives me the eerie feeling that we've been here before. I, I think um, as, uh, as one of the... Um, Arthur's who said it before, I don't know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to recall who it is, he'll come back later. He said, if you, you cannot convince a man to tell the truth if his paycheck depended upon it. You cannot convince a man to tell the truth if his paycheck depended upon it. Now, you might think that's a kind of quip, quip statement that we might all laugh at. And, and these days, sometimes I'm getting very concerned about how we how we laugh at things. The name's right on the tip of my lips. You guys know who he is. He's, he's He renders these old sayings all the time. Uh, they're, they're humorous and funny. But when you think about what he says, um, you go, you know, there's some truth to that. You cannot convince a man to tell the truth. If his paycheck depended upon it, in other words, the kind of takeover that's taking place in our country and most people that are in the know are aware of it is a kind of tyrannical fascist uh, transformation of the levers of power uh, and that by money. Massive money has removed good men and women of integrity and have put greedy people in positions of power to actually implement implement this systemic ongoing, continuous transformation of our culture and takeover of our whole system, economics, um, our government, our um, educational institution, our medical institution for sure is for sure is becoming central in this game. As I told you, this will be a worldwide global uh, medical uh, biosecurity state system in uh, a few years. But just absolutely, absolutely fascinating. When I come back from the break, I'm going to share with you an interview by J.B. Peterson with one of the former governors of Minnesota who also was absolutely surprised. He's a doctor, a stellar doctor in Minnesota, just a good old boy, you know, just a good old boy who happened to be naive enough to think he could tell people the truth about what he saw because he has more information in the government than most people do. And boy, did they come after him. I'll share with you, share with you that uh, that site on YouTube. Um, I'm trying to get his name so you can watch it if you want to. Just insightful. We are in the state of what is called by both J.B. Peterson and uh, the former governor of Minnesota, the time of the unreeling. The unreeling. When I come back, I'll tell you about that phenomenon because we're all part of it. Unfortunately, this is called a coping mechanism. 
when something that is so horrendous is taking place, you just don't want to believe it. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline, your host, Jesse Gistin. Glad to be with you. The number is one 367 Pay some bills, and then we'll be right back on this Monday edition. We'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. All right, we are back. The time, 520 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. You're listening to your host, Jesse Gistan, on this growing and closing Monday evening. Um, I might also say that we're coming up on one of our special events that we do at Grace every every year. I think we had to pull out a while back for uh, this whole COVID stall, this whole COVID pause thing. Um, but we're having our annual Rules of Engagement series. Um, uh, many of you guys know we sponsor and uh, hold a, a weekend class, not a weekend, just one day on Saturdays, um, often for a couple, two or three hours where we actually talk about marriage and and the struggles of marriage and the challenges and how we might approach it scripturally and, and biblically and do a better job um, in our marriages. Well, that's coming up this May. You know, May is like marriage month. <laughs> uh, in fact, I was married in May, so and in marrying people in May. I will be marrying somebody in the early part of May as well. Just a, that's one of those months. Anyhow, if you are doing well in your marriage, we'd love for you to come out. If you just kind of want to hang out with a bunch of people that want to talk marriage biblically with a kind of biblical-based, cross-centered, spirit-aided framework for understanding marriage and the challenges that marriage brings and the promises. It's, the theme is called The Privileges, The Problems, and Promises of Biblical Marriage. The Privileges the problems and the promises of biblical marriage. That's going to be May 13th uh, this uh, coming next month. It's almost a month from now at one from 1 p.m. to 3 on Saturday, May 13th. And then again, we'll be uh, following up the following Saturday on the sorry, May 6th. May 6th at 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., May 13th as well. And then also a bonus if uh, people are excited and enthused, and most of the time they are, we pull one more off on May 20th. Um, and you can get the details on our website, grace-bible.com, or you can just call the office, 1-886-9782, Yeah, and we're, we're, we're definitely wanting young people to come, uh, people that are, are aspiring to marriage. I, I could talk quite a bit about that right now because of what's going on in our world. I think you and I know, um, particularly if you have been, uh, you know, been listening to me unpacking and dealing with a lot of what's going on in our world, the whole idea of being married really is something for which we must, we must be committed to some rules of engagement in order to negotiate that that institution better. And and one of the biggest reasons why I'm looking forward to bringing a bunch of new material this time around, around um, and, and, and supporting, obviously, scriptural principles. But uh, what you and I are dealing with today is such a massive change in our world. I mean, this is not subtle little stuff. This is big stuff. We're talking about biological transformation at the 
profoundly genetic level. You and I know that. I mean, you know, if you take a person who lived in the 20th century and put them where we are today and just let them sit in the middle of a busy, uh, you know, Internet blog discourse or conversation, they would think everybody is speaking in tongues because the language would be so obtuse, so bizarre, so alien to them. They wouldn't know what to make of the conversation around, uh, you know, a, a, a dysphoria of the body, the notion that we have 175 different identity markers um, concerning ourselves that are rooted in pronouns, the, the fact that men can call themselves women, women call themselves men. And the massive butchering that's going on of our children, uh, of our children that have succumbed to the misrepresentation of reality in this post-modern uh, fantasy world that has been uh, empowered and weaponized by uh, by the power brokers of our world and the um, the goofy, dark-minded, narcissistic. Uh, uh, think tanks that 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 believe that it will succeed in transforming our world. Well, think about you know the idea of of marrying at this time. If you don't have a biblical worldview, a solid traditional biblical worldview that is able to actually uh, affirm and bring into the conversation uh, legitimate science, we're not talking about this hocus pocus propaganda that you and I are taught are are warning about all the time. At least yours truly. We're not talking about the play doh of the mind. We're not talking about everything being a social construct. That is absolutely irrational on its face. But but what I am talking about is understanding that when men and women lose their footing, when they um, are no longer grounded in, 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 in objective reality, objective truth, then they can buy into anything. This is why also another sage said, it's easier to fool someone than to unfool them. It's easier to deceive someone than it is to undeceive them. And the um, social engineers know that. This is why I warn at the top of my lungs as to where we are today. Uh, The social engineers know that it has been able to deceive people in mass over and over and over again. This is where Mr. Jordan was talking about unreeling. I'm going to I'll get to that after I I, I share with you why I think um, having a um, 21st century conversation about marriage today is is a daunting but necessary task because the two minds, the male and female that are coming together, they're not just your typical human beings that are solidly fixed on a binary understanding of the differences between the two and believing and, and, and are certain that that is the nature of the real world we live in. No, it's a real good possibility, young person. That the individual that you might be entertaining marrying is themselves given to a whole plethora of deceptive ideologies and worldviews that will make it difficult, if not impossible, to produce a family that won't be utterly subjected to this pharmaceutical biosecurity state agenda by which they are targeting human beings for transformation as I speak. In fact, you can't even go to school in, in, in some of our far leftist states like California without going through the transfer, transformational process of being jabbed. 
You 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 can hardly um, do anything uh, by which you are not somehow being, as they use the term, nudged into um, being a victim of and part of the social engineering of uh, some kind of vaccine regimen. You know, it used to be for kids. Now it's for adults. They know what they're doing. I mean, again, if you were to listen, I'd give it to you if you want. And Naomi Wolf is laying out all of the data that Big Pharma has known about the grotesque harm that these jabs are doing. And her conclusion is as mine. This can't be anything other than eugenics and uh, and population control. This cannot when you think through what they actually know. And then they're doing it anyway. They have to have a diabolical presupposition that is so contrary to our natural and normal thought processes that unless you understand it in that light, it doesn't make sense. And they've been caught because we have the 5,000 papers of the trials that they've done, and they're being petered out by the uh, tune of 500 a month, as you know, and good journalists are telling the world what these uh, companies, uh, Pfizer, Moderna, and the rest have known from the beginning, for which they said, we want 100 years for you to keep this hid. And they were hoping the government could protect them particularly the Biden administration, so that we would never know like we didn't know about any of the other experimentations uh, that went on hundreds of years back up to the present until we were able to dig in and get the information and then begin to bring it to the American people. But you do have a media that is playing an absolute firewall of protection to sustain and perpetuate your Truman story um, uh, metaphor and analogy as you and I speak right now. So, yes, uh, I am one of a ton of canaries in the coal mine speaking to people if they're interested. I don't really particularly care about people who are trapped by the unreal. When I come back, I'll talk about it. You got to pray for them because people that are trapped by the unreal are, are too afraid to take that next step into reality because they're not used to walking by a faith that will allow them to um, be uh, confronted and confront the darkness of life, knowing that there's a light that will bring them to a proper understanding what, of, of that which is facing them. But can you imagine what marriage is going to be like in 10 years from now? Yes, there probably won't be any marriages. If these globalists, if these change agents, if these socialists, if these artificial intelligence uh, homo deus uh, advocators can have their way, there won't be marriages because marriages are for the antiquated old school um, believing in one big old God up in the sky and buying into a document that's so old and antiquated that only fools are buying into it. Yes, that's that is that is the mindset of that group. They want to get rid of men and women who have a worldview that believes in a God that transcends the universe, but upholds the universe and controls the universe and grants the universe the knowledge that allows us to prosper as citizens on the planet at the level of family. So I'll come back. I'll touch a little bit more on family when we come back from the break. And then we'll again, like I say, go into the rabbit hole and look at some of the uh, discoveries that are good friends who just can't help themselves. Um, but to tell you what's going on so that uh, they can be without um, without uh, damage in the day in which the Lord calls us all to account 
um, for being our brother's keeper. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Again, the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. Back the time five thirty five on this Monday edition of Lifeline. The most admirable marriages, admirable, admirable marriages, are those which have endured. That's one of the uh, designs for that institution to endure, overcome massive obstacles, and are standing solidly as a commitment to one's determination to see the end of their. Um, perseverance, which is a happy home, a life that uh, culminates with a sense of um, purpose and, uh, and and proliferation. Quite frankly, most people marry with the objective of um, meeting the procreative mandate of Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27, multiplying and replenishing the earth. Uh, and, and the the admirable marriages are those that have done that, having endured and overcome massive obstacles and uh, therefore are a model. You know, if you, you, you meet those couples that have been married 50, 60 and sometimes 70 years and a few, maybe more than that. Those are phenomenal marriages, notwithstanding all of the challenges they go through. They are what I am calling the admirable marriage because, you know, they watch the world change, too. You, you, you marry someone. And you're married 50 years, you're marrying through a either mild or significant transition of world events. You're not going to be on this planet 50 years and not go through some major changes, changes of which the children under you would have never been able to really even identify with, like the idea of not living with a television. Children wouldn't know this. I wouldn't know this. The idea of not living with telephones. Children wouldn't know this. You know, um, I, I wouldn't know the idea. The idea of living without airplanes. Modernism is, is the way we can put it. But modernism is not that not that old. It hasn't been around that long in that sense. So you have admirable couples that can speak to us about how they bore through extremely difficult times as your Bible lays out for you clearly that um, in the world we have troubles, wars and economic reverses and and diseases and death. That's the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the fourth one being the hope of the gospel communicated to humanity, also by which that gospel, which is the presupposition to our marriage counseling, a Bible-based, cross-centered, spirit-aided marriage is a gospel marriage. That that gospels is a thing that keeps you through the storms. Now, the second marriage I call not just the most admirable marriage, but the most helpful marriages. And those are those which have found the keys to transformation from severe troubles to the practical and productive engagement um, of the of the couple and the family that can be shared uh, to immensely help others. When you, you know, we all know a measure of common troubles in the context of marriage, but then there are those who figure it out. They find keys of transformation is what we want to talk about this time around. Keys that open up doors that bring about a change of patterns, a change of understanding, a greater prioritizing of your calling as human beings and people of God, correction of the conundrums, uh, correction of the uh, conflicts, connection of the uh, correction of the uh, chaos that comes into marriage when we have lost our way. 
So when you meet people who have keys of transformation, keys of transformation, those people are helpful. How did you overcome that hurdle? How did you overcome this hurdle? How did you overcome this fear, this anxiety, this uh, this stressful trial? And, and the people that have those keys can be helpful to you. That's what we want to talk about, too, becoming helpful uh, partners in marriage, not just admirable, helpful partners in marriage. And then the most instructive marriages often are those that fail um, for a thousand reasons from which we may also learn and strive diligently to avoid the bitter consequences of uh, of ignoring the, the warnings of failure and, and the presumption uh, that has a tendency to blind us and the selfishness and slothfulness um, that often is a um, is a signal and cause of of the failure of marriage. Uh, but when people have really um, gone through that, they come out on the other side. This, again, is going to get into the unreal. Let me talk about that. I'm almost there. I got five minutes to go. Um, we'll take a deep dive for two Saturdays to hear the word of God and share our concerns concerning life experiences as both the body of Christ, his precious bride, because every marriage is a faint, <laughs> if not relevant, model of Christ in his church, as I teach at Grace all the time. And we would want to know what does it mean to be a biblical man, a biblical husband, and a biblical father. Those are all three different categories. They, they, they are not one thing. And what it means to be a biblical woman a biblical wife and a biblical mother. Those are three different categories. They are not the same thing. You can be a good man and not be a good husband. You can be a good husband and not be a good father. Conversely, you can um, additionally, you can be a good woman and not be a good wife. Or you can be a good wife and not be a good mother. You can be a good mother and not be a good wife. Um, and so those categories are distinct. They are graduating categories. Actually, biblically, we start off by being male and female. That's what he said. And then we transition from being male and female to husband and wife. That's what he said. Genesis 1, 26, 2 and 24. And then that moves into uh, the twain becoming one flesh and knowing each other deeply enough to bear the kind of fruit that is representative of a deep abiding agape. That is a mutually giving process. Process that results in fruit for God's glory, the expansion of his Imago day in human beings. That's what this whole thing Paul called a mystery should be about. So, yeah, we're going to be looking at, you know, failure uh, experiences that are part of ex- part of the success of life. You don't you meet you meet hardly no one who is really successful who hasn't also experienced significant failure. So uh, if you want to be a part of it, again, it's Grace Bible Church in Hayward on Saturday, May 6th, and then again on the 13th. And if we have a bonus time where we're just hungry to really unpack more of the problems, is going to be also on May uh, 20th at well, at, as well at Grace Bible Church in Hayward, California. Rules of Engagement 2023, the privileges, problems, and promises of marriage. Yeah, going to get into quite a bit of the different things that um, I think are, are are that can be helpful. Then we're going to be getting into some Q and A, and that Q and A is also almost always fun to deal with trying to figure out exactly. Um, 
you know where people are see if we can help people it's called uh, the therapy session the the session where we can uh, do some healing so yeah you are welcome to join us on that getting back to what we were saying in our opening uh, uh, monologue about just where we are in our in what I call the takeover of our, of our country um, it's as simple as that at the highest levels uh, at the highest levels of government you can go online and watch Jim Jordan uh, Republican House um, speaker, not House Speaker, just one of the Republican leaders, really trying to figure out what happened with um, the <laughs> with the suppression of speech in America. The suppression of speech. Can you imagine that? You live in a country where your constitution says the right to freedom of speech. Because the founding fathers understood the only way you can be a Marxist, socialist, communist, fascistic, tyrannical government is if you control the way people speak, what they say, when they say it, to whom they say it. This also bleeds over into what I'm stating about marriages. Marriages are going to be really problematic if people are trained at the largest sociological level to be afraid to talk about what really is bothering them. If you and I have been created into a kind of party line entity, if if is if at again the psychological social socio psychological level we are all operating as party people. This is called identity politics. Then you can see this stuff showing up in marriages, can you not? I know some of you are saying amen already, where you can't have an open, honest conversation about the data, about the facts, about the issues, without being already presumed guilty and condemned as some kind of heretic. Now, that is absolutely opposite of what our jurisprudence as a system of law asserts. A man or a woman is innocent. They're not to be viewed as wicked, ungodly, stupid, dumb, ignorant, naive until it's proven. Just because you disagree with them doesn't make them wrong. Just because you got the media, you've got our government, you've got other power brokers, the, the larger tech companies saying we're going to punish disinformationists and misinformationists doesn't mean that we're really spouting disinformation and misinformation. You guys already know by now that we have a whole montage of the, of the very people that have told us what we shouldn't do, they were doing it. That have told us that what we shouldn't say, they have said it all the way up to the president, Fauci. I've got a whole montage of, uh, of uh, misinformation and disinformation by all those cats. Fauci, uh, Governor Newsom, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi, all of them have lied between their teeth and said things to us that we were supposed to believe that we knew were false and we are being punished by it while they're being let go. That is the makings of a fascistic, tyrannical, socialist country. I'm sorry. People that are blowing it from the housetop know that. Your country is being taken over. The number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Going to take another break. We come back. We'll continue with our um, surveillance of these matters until um, the phone lines fill, and then we'll talk with one another. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. 
The time is 5.51 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me see here, trying to just make sure that I'm I'm getting my signals right. Let's see here. Maybe so. All right, good. Um, the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's see here. I'm hoping I got the right one. Um, let's go to line number one. See who's on line number one. Who's on line number one with us? I'm, I'm looking at my board. I can't see the name. Is it Jackie? Hello. Uh, hi. Hi, PJ. Um, uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned Naomi Wolf earlier. So I just kind of wanted to give a plug for Zach, which uh, you know has events monthly. Uh, Calvary Chapel will be hosting Naomi Wolf on May 13th from 6 p.m. to 8.30 in the evening. And uh, listeners can go to vac.org or vac.org for tickets, or they can live stream if they can't make it to San Jose at Calvary Chapel. No, that's perfect. Um, I, I, I saw that advertisement earlier when I was finishing up. Um um, just listening to to Judy uh, Mikovich just knock knock the ball out of the park. I'll talk a little bit about her her um, estimations around what's happening with the this phenomena of transgenderism. I'm sure you heard it. She just kind of touched on it, but I'm gonna I'll put it out a little bit more down the line. Um, but yeah, Naomi Wolf will be at um, Calvary Chapel in San Jose uh, on uh, the May 13th. Is it 13th? Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Saturday the 13th, right? Yeah, yep. 6.30, 6.30. 630. You can yeah. get them on VAC, VAC.org. You guys know the, the brothers and sisters over there fighting the good fight of faith, doing exactly what we're doing, um, trying to, you know, um, speak the truth in love and speak the truth to power and, 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 and recover um, a, a constitutional uh, country uh, for the glory of God and for the truth of Christ. Uh, I thank them for the hard work that they do. Uh, they have some outstanding speakers. I'm, I'm so glad that they're able to facilitate that. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll make sure we push that this week, and then uh, up even up into our own marriage conference. We'll we'll still be able to do ours, and if some folks want to get out there, they'll be able to get out there after coming and doing some rules of engagement as as well. Um, thank you, Jackie. Talk to you later. Let me see. Who do we have on line number two? Let's go to Richard from San Jose on line number two. Richard, line number two. Are you you there, Jesse? Yes, this is Jesse. Who is this, Richard? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to uh, thank you for keeping up the truth. Uh, we obviously are living in the very last moments of, of the days of our uh, existence on this earth, and Jesus is coming really soon, really soon. And that's something I've been able to share with a lot of uh, my friends. Some take it, some don't, but uh, I think that's where we're at. Well, let me ask you a question. You got a minute? Sure. Fire yeah, away. What if he doesn't come? Well, then we occupy till he does. And and as we occupy, given where we are, what we're doing, how do we engage a culture that is almost rotten to the core in America and in the West um, with the kind of things that are taking place um, with something more than the statements that the church has made for now minimally a thousand years uh, asserting that Jesus is coming right away? Because he never said he's coming right away. 
And then he never said he was coming only in a physical way, Richard. This is something I teach for years. And one of the things that we have to be careful about when we talk about eschatology is using it the wrong way. Like just because we see these signs of the times, um, we're not always clear that we're keeping the timeline, the chronicle timeline, correct with God's Kairos timeline. We could go around. We could go for another 500 years. We could go for another thousand years because in the first century, they were sure Jesus was going to come before the century was out. They were sure he was going to come before the destruction of the uh, temple in AD 70. They were sure he was going to come by the first millennium. Here we are in the second millennium. And uh, and the master didn't come in the physical bodily form that um, we know and believe that the Bible is laying out that he shall come. So what I try to tell Christians is be very sure that you're not just using his return as a fear tactic to people, because there are other reasons for which men and women need to come to Christ. Dear brother, they need to come to Christ because they're sinners. They need to come to Christ because they're under the wrath of God. They need to come to Christ because the wages of sin is death. And they need to come to Christ because the nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. And that message right there, as you know, Richard, is a good message. It doesn't matter how long it is before our Lord and Savior and our our gracious Redeemer ultimately comes and makes things correct. That message is something that people need right away because over a million people are dying every day. And since the COVID jab has come out, that has doubled 40 percent higher death rate for people 39 years uh, from uh, from 39 years uh, up. Have have we experienced these are the records of our uh, insurance companies. The the death rate has skyrocketed, not only in, in America, but in, in the UK as well, magnificently. And wouldn't it be important that those people that are laying on their well, they weren't even laying on their deathbed in many cases. They were just walking about and uh, had a stroke, had a heart attack as a consequence of myo and pericarditis and thrombosis and, and all of the other nasty 1,279 symptoms that have fallen out with this jab that is documented by uh, Pfizer and others. Wouldn't it have been isn't it much more appropriate to tell men and women they need to come to Christ and bow the knee to him and receive his mercy now because they're sinners rather than just that Jesus is coming back soon, even though every day our salvation is nearer than when we first began? You know, I think we, we keep in mind, too, that, that the Holy Spirit does all that work. If we're available to tell people the truth and the Holy Spirit's doing the work in those individuals' lives, then we're a useful tool to God. Would you agree with that? No, totally. Totally. What I try to do, however, is I totally get that. What I try to do is I say, make sure that the premise upon which you are urging people is the gospel. It's the gospel that the Holy Spirit uses to bring people to the immediacy of the problem. It's not Jesus coming but that they are under the wrath of God and they need a savior. That that's the thing we that message is safe. That message is appropriate, it's relevant, it's essential. Um, and, and I know that we're talking two sides of, of, of a doctrinal truth. I am not an, a, a denier of eschatology. I'm just very much experienced and learned over the years the difference between trying to 
cudgel people to move based on a timeline uh, or, or as you stated, you know, hoping that God would somehow use it. Then to simply say, man, we're living in difficult days, as Jesus said in John 16, 33 in the world. You have you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world and coming to Christ or believing on Christ, which is a consequence of his grace. You and I know that God is sovereign and is saving and is calling and it's opening their hearts and opening their minds. He's sovereign and raising them from the dead. He is that, and he uses the preaching of the gospel and sincere men and women to bring that about. So let's make sure that we are not... Let's make sure that as we are saying every day, our salvation is drawing nearer than when we first believed. That is so true. I'm not going to take that away from you or anybody else. And the times are getting so dark, Brother Richard, with regards to the evils that are taking place. And so much of the apocalypse is being fulfilled at the higher technological levels that we need to definitely make sure, definitely make sure that, uh, um, that um, we we understand what's happening because I think what we're about to enter into is another level of mass deception that is going to be so um, optically um, impossible to believe. Uh, this is exactly what our Lord said, because they did not have a love for the truth that they might be saved. He gave them over to a strong delusion. And that strong delusion is starting to manifest itself now with the massive transformation of the way men and women are thinking about what it means to be human beings. I'm going to make that correlation here when we come back on the other side of the break. So um, I I didn't mean to do anything with you, my dear brother, but to let you know that, um, yes, he's coming back. But people have heard that over and over and over and over again. And uh, unless we say it in the right way with the right meaning behind it and the gospel central to it, um, that, too, will fall on deaf ears. So thank you for the call. And don't don't uh, don't hesitate to call again. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we'll keep going down into the rabbit hole. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are. We have one line open, one 367 Waking up for real, not the woke stuff, but the awakened stuff is what, what we need in our society. And we need to make sure that we don't collapse into the unreal. Uh, Dr. Peterson was speaking about the phenomena that occurs when uh, a person is going through such a difficulty, such as the doctors who are um, brought before these tyrannical medical boards and warned that if they don't walk in lockstep with the uh, policies coming down from the World Health Organization through the NIH, through the uh, CDC um, to um, to force men and women into compliance to something that the doctors don't have a good conscience about because they know they don't have enough data uh, that when you don't comply, as our governor has uh, tried to do for our doctors here in California, that you will face the Gestapo. The Gestapo, they will come to you and they will say that you have violated the rules of disinformation and misinformation. It'll make your life difficult. Now, most men and women that are doctors that fight this ultimately win because a lot of this is fundamentally intimidation so that the weaker doctors that will just be willing to get paid to be pharmacological dispensers of, uh, of dope. 
um, they'll just do what they're told and try to hide behind. I'm just doing my job. But th- this pressure that comes on doctors, as as uh, Dr. Jensen having a conversation with Dr. Uh, Jordan B. Peterson was saying, it just seemed almost unreal because his record was stellar. Thirty seven years, a physician in Minnesota with not one complaint. All of a sudden, he's going to get a complaint. And they said that there were 18 complaints. And they uh, they took him to task for them. And he cleared all of them but one. And ultimately, he cleared that one. Now, this was done to Miss uh, uh, Tess. Um, uh, oh, her name will come back in a moment. Um, uh, it'll come back. But she was one. She is one of the um, scientists that uh, ultimately uh, exposed the fact that the anthrax virus anthrax uh, poison that was being spread back in the days, I think it was either um, Bush one or so. Yeah, as we were dealing with the so-called war on world terror was not some foreign agent agenda that was sending anthrax from Europe or from India or whatever, but it was our own um, American people that were engaged in that. Uh, Miss Tess proved that um, uh, that we were doing that on the inside. And she was uh, lauded for it back 30 years ago. But today they tried to take her down too. And she won her case as well. So they're coming after you because this is part of the Marxist socialist tactic of surveillance uh, and intimidation, threat and punishment if they can get away with it. Um, and I've, I've told our saints at Grace, you know, um, you win when you stand. If you collapse, you lose. And that's where we are today. And and you and I need to make sure that we don't get trapped by the unreal. This is not real. This is not real. It's real. It certainly is real. Let's go to line number three and talk with Jermaine from Alameda. Jermaine, are you there? No, he's not. Okay. Let's go to line number four and talk with Wendy from Union City. If Wendy is there. Wendy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank, thank you, Pastor. Uh, yes, I just wanted to um, see what your comment is. Um, you know, uh, Calvary Chapel San Jose was just fined for $1.2 million for basically, you know, exercising their, you know, First Amendment rights. You know, that Congress should not make law representing, uh, respecting uh, an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So I want to know. Um, I, I, I kind of know why they do this. It's to, just like you said, it's, it's about totalitarian and then this Marxist, you know, a threat, right? P- setting a church that is on the city on the hill as an example who dare to defy, you know, the, 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 the government so that, you know, that will basically, you know, all the other churches leaders will kind of just keep quiet because they don't want to be, get persecuted. So my question is, um, so what should we do right now? Because it is, it is a lo- local church. We always talk about, you know, how, um, you know, there's church Christian persecutions in other other uh, other uh, other words in the world that are being persecuted. So what should we do as Christians or Christian leaders, or shall, how should we approach our pastors or you know our elders and saying, hey, this church is being persecuted in our backyard? Okay, what should we do? Well, you, you, you're going to have to operate according to what kind of 
calling that local church has. Every local church is not called to engage in political entanglements. Uh, Wendy, a local church is a group of human beings and they are eclectic. What that means is there's a level of diversity among them that makes them uniquely who they are, but they are a uh, they're a bastion of all kind of different folks. A lot of local churches are just local people who work, try to earn a living, who don't have the ability necessarily within themselves to do what Calvary Chapel did or to do what um, what 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 Grace did down uh, Grace Community Church down in Van Nuys, uh, John MacArthur. Um, or what uh, what the pastor out in Canada did. A couple pastors in Canada stood up for what was right during the during that time. As did we um, at Grays. We didn't shut down. We didn't we didn't get uh, corrupted by the fear of politics at all. Um, that we 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 stood our ground because we understood our constitutional rights. But we we have lawyers too. We know we know how to. Um, to to deal with that at the level in which they will come after us. But this is extremely important, what I'm going to say to you, because you, you're not going to get every local church to get involved at the political level, nor should they, particularly if they're not gifted and capable. Um, every Christian can do what they can or what they will, but every Christian is not going to be competent, capable to deal with some of the more nuanced, difficult political issues Either. I think the first thing that all churches need to be doing is being informed. Don't just go out and act. That's a setup. That's a ruse and a setup. So much of what's going on right now, Wendy, in terms of um, our, you know, as we talk about the fascists, as we talk about the the uh, dictatorial uh, elite technocratic um, plutocracy that's going on in our world. Uh, so much of what's going on right now, I can tell you, is a is a social experiment by which they are anticipating different kinds of pushback and things of that nature. And the. The, the ground rules on their part, the tools that they have for making things hard for people are very complex. This is why I would definitely recommend uh, that people um, take up the last presentation between P- Jordan Peterson and um, and Dr. Jensen. I'm going to quote that here in a second where uh, where they were uh, where he was talking about how difficult this is because Jordan B. Peterson also went through uh, this kind of mock trial, this kind of um, Judas betrayal, this kind of uh, uh, he calls it in his in his uh, in his uh, presentation today the uh, inquiry. Position. This is what Dr. Peterson calls it. He's absolutely right about that. We are becoming conditioned uh, to fear inquisition. And of course, they're going to weaponize the IRS. They're going to weaponize all of the um, structures of surveillance. I've been screaming about this for a long time. And local people are being looked at. I mean, if Biden can assert that anyone making anything over $600 is going to be um, severely investigated by the um, IRS, boy, if that's not intrusion, I don't know what is. Here's here's the thing that I'm going to say, because it's important to know, and I want to encourage you to know this, too. You're not going to get anybody's church to move. They're not going to move. God's going to have to move them. And the way they're going to move is by the pressure of control that begins to emerge at the economic level 
and at the techno surveillance level. When churches start getting the same kinds of, uh, I'm talking about church members, start getting the same kinds of threats that other groups are experiencing um, just as a consequence of surveillance being so much more intrusive, then they'll begin. But it's going to start like this because this is human nature. This is why Mr. Peterson was saying you need to be careful of the unreal syndrome. People will first just walk in denial. That's what happened for the last three years. So when people go into denial, they're hoping that what their intuition is sensing is a problem is not true. That's what they're doing. And no amount of screaming and hollering um, is going to work. No amount of arguing with those people is going to work. Um, For many of us, we're just giving out information and and resources so that people who are willing to um, do what Plato said, climb up out of the hole and look out at the sunlight so that you can go back in and tell people there's daylight on the other side. Um, Some people will be willing to do that. Some pastors will be willing to do that. But most people are trapped by convenience. You're listening to me preaching on Sunday now. You see we're in the wilderness and and you have to be taught to trust God. You have to be taught to be counterintuitive. You have to be taught. This is not something natural to human beings. You have to be taught this. So we, we, and, and so what you want to do is model that in your own home uh, and model that with your family. And I completely appreciate your concern knowing what a totalitarian system is coming from China. Um, but we are already looking at the sociological phenomena of mass psychosis and, and stupefying unbelief. There are so many levels of transformation that are going on in our society. I'm going to talk about this as I let you go because I've been talking too long. But I'm going to talk about three or four areas in which we all need to be talking and working to help stave off this corruption, and that may play a role. Um, So I, I hope that helps. I'll have more to say on the other side of the break. We'll be right back, you guys. And now back to Lifeline. We are at the time is 622. All the lines are open if you want to give me a call. one 367 5329 All the lines are open if you want to give me a call. Yours truly, Jesse Gistan. And uh, and we can finish out that half hour with some discourse. But I am going to take up just a bit of time to talk um, to you as well as Wendy about um, the limitations of the local church. Uh, especially in light of all of the different theaters of conflict going on in our our world, um, the the um, the movement, the socialist movement in America, uh, the democratic socialism. Uh, um, drip drip system of transformation for the last 40, 50 years has worked so marvelously. The transformation of proxies, the ability to turn our country into a socialist system has worked so well that we don't even know that we are at 80 percent socialism already. Uh, people that are looking at the facts and figures know that, but most people don't. Even in your what we call uh, the dialectical uh, media 
uh, complex system that knows how to pit the left against the right, which is also a distraction mechanism. Um, the left-right narrative. This is called planned conflict. This is your uh, Hegel's, you know, William uh, George Hegel's system of phenomenology, the theses, antithesis, consensus, progress throughout history. This is exactly what Marx took up. It's called dialectical materialism, uh, and it has been translated from an economic uh, um, uh, teleos of history going from the feudal system to the uh, industrial revolution to um, to what we are now, the technical revolution. And, and this is a technocracy of massive implications today. But both Hegel and Marx understood and believed in a ultimate eschatological communism. And that is to say, at some point, the whole world will ultimately collapse up under a unified authority. And that is because it does not know how to live in an individuated state of autonomy uh, by representation um, in a fashion where uh, where we can all live, thrive and prosper. Let me see if I can build on this. Uh, and lay out again why I say the church is not the answer. And all of us need to stop uh, if if you're doing it, thinking that the church will be the one that delivers us from evil. The church won't deliver you from evil. Israel didn't deliver Israel from evil. The church is never delivered from evil. In fact, every church age from the time of the post patristic fathers moving up into the dominant era of the uh, Roman Empire and then the Roman Catholic Church and the Catholic Church and the Roman Catholic Church are two different things. But once we got into the Great Divide in the first millennium A.D. and uh, Greek Orthodoxy went one way and the Roman Catholic Church went another, um, the, the, the church fundamentally began to succumb to and collapse up under imperialism and, 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 and political and social power, just like Israel did. And, and because that was not God's calling the church um, only made marginal, marginal or superficial impact against a polytheistic system of of uh, secular totalitarianism. And only in the West did they move up towards Europe uh, under a kind of tyrannical religionism. And this is the history and blight of the Catholic Church, as you know. And once we have the Protestant Reformation, um, the Protestant churches fared a little to know better, even in their high churches and state churches, as you're seeing with the Church of England now, having totally collapsed under identity politics and having totally capitulated to wokeism and all of that. In other words, and, and it's certainly here in America now, the Baptist Southern Baptist Church has collapsed. Your evangelical churches are corrupt. We have been corrupted for a long time. I've been crying on this radio program for almost 20 years now. I think it is 20 years um, since 2001 and maybe before that, because I remember dealing with 9-11. I've been crying for the longest of a departure from the word of God on the part of your local churches in the area of authority, men and women, rulership in the church. 
um, uh, having a sound hermeneutic that exalts Christ and is able to expose and demolish humanism. Humanism is the fundamental uh, overarching uh, theology that is dominating our world today. Humanism is, is replacing God with man. This is what artificial intelligence is leading us towards right now. We're on the brink of it. But there are multiple categories of infiltration into our nation and into our churches. Identity politics has completely severed the black church from the white church and every other church in between. We don't know how to even deal with the matters inside our own denominations, let alone being able to sufficiently work it through in the world. And this was part of the ideological subversion that Yuri Bismanov talked about. I've said this over and over and over again. He warned in the 80s that we were already being infiltrated by Marxism in our churches and in our government. It's so true. And this wild and bizarre wokeism that you and I are seeing today, social justice movements um, coming in the garb of religion, first having started in, uh, in, in, in litigation and in law and then making itself in the universities and transforming its students into a bastion of socialist uh, evangelicals. This is where we are today. And now with the LGBTQ um, I plus Uh, alphabet soup going on in our world. All of these are indicators of massive, massive breakdown. And to boot, now that we are dealing with a World Health Organization being given powers by all of the states to become the overseer and um, and uh, an authority of people's health. We've seen the fiasco the last three years. It's going to be exponentially worse in a few years, especially since those same power brokers, Revelation 17, 14, and they all gave their power to one beast. Um, and especially once these power brokers are able to convert our uh, fiat economic system into a central banking di- digital credit system, which is where we are now. People don't care nothing about that. Listen carefully to me, you guys. People don't care about their money being converted into digits and somebody else having total control of it until they wake up one day and the people that have total control of the money will tell you where to go, what to do, when to do it, and you won't be able to do nothing about it. If our Congress and Senate doesn't fight for the freedoms of our constitutional rights and looks like a good group of them won't, um, Short of civil war, my dear sister, um, the church can't do anything about it because what the church should have done was to be done 50 years ago, 50 years ago, by establishing a clear commitment to biblical truth, the unchanging truth of God's word, making sure that it did not corrupt at the level of leadership, at the level of the doctrines of grace, at the level of a biblical worldview, at the level of giving our children over to public schools. Listen, it's, I'm telling you, it, it, it's rotten. It's rotten and it's been rotten for a long time. So if you're really asking what should the church be doing is one word. Repent. Repent until the church looks at all of the areas in which it has collapsed into a secular, worldly, carnal, powerless expression of kind of politic, politio, religio uh, emptiness, because you'll find the churches on TV and hanging out with the presidents and hanging out with the rulers and hanging out with the entertainers and hanging out here and there. Nary a word about repent 
and believe the gospel. Nary a word about the sins of our nation. Forget condemning China and condemning Russia. That also is a CIA, FBI, DOJ ruse of distraction because they're already in our pockets. They're already in Congress. They're already at the executive branch. They're already at the legislative branch. They're in the judicial branch. I was thinking about this before um, before I started the program today. I was thinking about how helpful Donald Trump was until he was captivated too. how helpful he was how he was able to tap into the um, the angst of hardworking Americans who really just wanted freedom and to recover the jobs that we lost by um, many of the socialist policies that got taken up by Jimmy Carter, uh, expedited even through the Bushes, as well as through the Clintons, as well as through the Obamas, as well as through, um, <clears throat> well, through the Obamas. And uh, Clinton was I mean, uh, Trump was able to to call the media out for what it was, because the media, you guys, has been the main mechanism for transformation. I'm sorry to tell you, we sat up and looked into that screen and humanity was transformed. Whatever you look at hardest, you will become. And here we are now, the tail wagging the dog because we bought into massive propaganda, uh, uh, predictable programming. And the transformation is here. <clears throat> and I need to be talking to you about why we are de- dealing with uh, with this whole trans movement. And I'm going to do that when we come back on this Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are certainly back. The time, 637 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. You can call if you want to, one 367 Let me continue my uh, reflection on where we are in history, where we are in church history, where we are in American history, and where we are in our, our the global takeover. Um, again, I quoted Revelation seventeen fourteen. Uh, it is a general principle I, by idealist um, eschatologists who understand the principles of Revelation, the apocalypse, as being applied to the totality of history uh, at every t- at every era. Uh, where government becomes totalitarian and wants to usurp the authority of God, whether that was uh, first century Rome or first uh, millennium uh, Roman Empire or the state churches that began to act an absolute fool in, um, in in England and the persecution of Puritans and things of that nature to where we are to, to where we are today here in America. Uh, in America, our churches are silent because of this rebellion and disobedience. It has no word from God for the nation at all. It has been had a mask put on its mouth. That's where most of our churches are um, because we've compromised at every biblical level uh, in terms of fundamentals of sanctification. Um, the church has not understood the need to radically commit the children to being trained up in the fear and the nurture of the Lord fundamentally at the educational level. Um, so we've given our children over to Marxist socialism for 50, 60, 70 years. And it's no wonder now that they don't know whether or not they are boys or girls. You can't give your kids to the secular system for um, <clears throat> 40, 
25 hours a week and only give them the church two hours and the preacher only preaches for 30 minutes and the Sunday school teachers are, are you know, engaging in, in, in fundamentally mythology and not taking them deeply in the word of God. That's rebellion on our part. That's what God said in Deuteronomy 4 through 7 and then he echoed it again in uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't train them right, then they can never hear the word of God at the level of conviction that brings them to a place of seeing that they're sinners and a need for real rebirth. And so this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with right now uh, um, controls that are restructuring our lives at such high altitude that no one can really see what's happening because most of this is being done at a policy level. People on the ground are simply acting out these policies under the cover of political positions and ideological divides. It seems like it's organic. It is not. This is from drinking the bitter waters of Egyptian uh, confusion, chaos, hybrids, uh, um, um, ideology and false religion for decades upon decades. As we are going through the book of uh, Exodus to see the parallels, God delivers his people from polytheism, from um, from the delusions of a uh, of an irrational, unscientific world of uh, of, of again, chaos and, and false and wicked hierarchies. But that's where we are today. Presently, Romans chapter one is fully engaged in giving us over to our own lust. And, and at the center of the discourse right now and the project of the uh, neo uh, Hitlerian uh, Weimar Republic um, neo-socialist agenda that's happening at the medical level, um, humanity is being transformed. All countries that are being dominated by the World Health Organizational policies have been under transformation ever since vaccination has taken place. Ever since vaccination has taken place some 80 years ago here in America and largely uh, here in Europe, American Europe, even though vaccination has been around longer, once it became a major policy, sickness has abounded in these countries. And mental illness is an undetected elephant in the room as well. It used to be that um, the notion of a uh, bodily dysphoria, sexual dysphoria, the notion that you would think that you are a girl in a boy's body or a boy in a girl's body was classical mental health. They quietly scrubbed that from the um, from the policies in the uh, uh, psychiatric medical association. They quietly scratched that. And, and politics has taken over, not only at the level of redefining it, but weaponizing it against anyone, including parents today, who would assert to take their kids down a path for correction. So today, parents are experiencing CPS coming into their home and taking their kids because the parents are just slow at trying to work through what's going on with my child. See, this is the invasion of that Marxist socialist system at the medical level, and people don't want to see it. And we're going to have a day where we will discover that we have been gradually and incrementally uh, biologically modified as human beings so that the disconnect between our soul and our body has shown up in all of this crazy perversion that exists in our uh, in our media and our social platforms today. This cross-section of uh, gay, lesbian, bi, trans, queer, 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 
Queer is, hey, put no limits on me. And this is this is why now kids are using animal sounds to assert that they're cats and dogs and other animals. And and people are laughing like this is just some little fad. I would say to you that you're going to discover that modifying our genome, messing with our uh, immune system, messing with our genetic makeup has led to this disjointed expression of social manifestations that God has talked about in Romans chapter one. You're going to see a correlation between groups of people who have been subjected to medical tyranny for decades upon decades are the very people by and large who are suffering all of these dysphoric expressions in countries where these kind of medical uh, procedures, these medical agendas are not dominant. People are not expressing nowhere near the amount as they are here in America and in Europe because the agenda hasn't been able to work drip, drip, drip for decades upon decades to this degree. I am letting you know now that what you saw as a major move to reposition itself on the part of our government when it took advantage of the pandemic. Uh, was to set in place fixtures to begin to take over in places in which it's unsuspecting. This is not an all-out war. And our politicians, I'm learning more about our politicians, they're not figuring this out fast enough. And then when they do figure it out, guess what? As uh, as one of my sisters was telling me about the person who actually um, who actually yielded that quote, you know, uh, when it comes to a man's money, uh, it's hard to get him to tell the truth. If his if his money is uh, is is at bay with that, there's no 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 doubt about that. Um, and that goes to show that we have been redefined at the level of our ethics. Umpton Sinclair, 1878 to 1968, American novelist and social reformer. It is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on his not understanding it. This is called cognitive dissonance um, uh, at, at, at the level of getting paid to be stupid, ignorant, and even talk in contradictory terms because you know you are covered by big pharma and you're covered by the administration and the government and, and big tech, um, even if you are found out to be speaking in blatant contradiction to the facts. This is mass psychosis. This is God giving humanity over to a strong delusion. This is the madness of illogical, irrational doublespeak that you heard long ago talked about uh, in terms of, um, you know, the, the new world order. And uh, it's so much going on in that regard that uh, the, it's going to take a full swell, uh, a, 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 a complete swell, uh, fell swoop of judgment and calamity to begin to wake people up to the crisis because it's a soft tyranny that's taking over. It's soft. And then it's aided and abetted by the convenience of junk. So it doesn't feel like you're being squeezed doesn't feel that way. Listen, I'm going to take a break and then we'll finish out our last segment. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. You're listening to your host, Jesse Gistan. Be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. And as I begin to close out this segment, uh, just think about what I'm saying to you guys. And, And you can do a little research and you'll 
you'll at least see some monicum of correlation. Uh, social science scientists have for a long time tried to figure out how to control behavior. Um, and, and, and they have learned that drugs are the way to do it. Most of your big pharmaceutical companies are a transition from the oil industry. The oil industry, which are which are major, major, major families that dominated them, moved from oil into the medical business because they saw that it was a sustainably much more profitable system. And then these are the same people, they are families, you know who they are, I'm not going to name them, who are also eugenists. They are eugenicists. They believe in the hierarchy of superior races, and they have for a long time. And this is what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a eugenist, a eugenicistic system from the top down of, uh, of transforming humanity uh, into a system of uh, dominant uh Dominant powers and and the rest of humanity as a kind of slave servile system. That's what's beginning to occur. That's what you are seeing taking place now. And um, all you got to do is get people to be limited in their capacity to think and limited in their motivation to act. When prisoners, when male, male prisoners have to do long periods of time, they gave them drugs many years ago, probably still do it to uh, to destroy the aggression in the men. They gave them saltpeter to minimize their capacity for um, what you know is high libido among prisoners. And uh, the doctors experimented with them. They have always been experimenting with us. What you saw with COVID was a mass worldwide human rat experiment. Human rats. The explosion of our children wanting to be uh, other than themselves. This is not some wild, unexplicable uh, phenomena. This phenomena can be clearly seen as part of the social engineering product of our medical industry. They know that. They know what they're doing with this whole gene uh, technology. They know what they're doing. This is why they're putting mRNA in everything, your food, everything. They know how to modify human behavior through technology. And it's also transgenerated as well because it's going from mama to the baby. Long ago, they never would put women that were uh, pregnant or women that were planning on getting pregnant into any kind of drug trials because they knew that the implications of those drugs, those products could easily transmit to the children. You're going to look at over the next five to 10 years, a major change in the uh dissolution of the minds of, of children whose parents succumb to this campaign that we have just gone through. You're going to see lots of kids lost, lots of kids lost. And then on top of that, you're looking at the butchering of their bodies uh, irreparably today. And ain't nobody cream, screaming and crying about that. There's no one screaming and crying about it, even if intuitively uh, a million, uh, 10 billion people heard me speaking. If 33 bill, 330 million people heard me speaking about this, half of them would say uh, intuitively that makes some sense. But we'll never move to do anything about it. Right. This is this is part of the um, ideological subversion of our world. Um, it's going to take the grace of God to um, put particular kinds of person in persons in power to, first of all, recover freedom of speech so we can debate these things in public and bring out the data and information to show that we have been lied to from the top down.
This is what you're dealing with. Lies can transform you just as much as the truth can. And we're being lied to, have been lied to, will be lied to. And uh, unless God grants a kind of wholesale repentance where he just allow, we got a lot of bold men and women in uh, politics right now that are trying to do their part. But you will never hear in the media because the media has been sold out by our CIA for decades upon decades. You know that Operation Paperclip, Operation Mockingbird and so many different operations. All this is easily found out in your FOIA, um, in your Freedom of Information Act. You can find it out. But people don't want to know. People just want to be able to eat, sleep and go about their business. While 60, what's the stats now? Um, One out of three African-American boys will be found to be autistic in the next few years. One out of three, one out of five. Uh, white children are going, white boys are going to be uh, found to be autistic. And the girls won't be far behind it, but the boys are impacted significantly. And this is all because of the, the major massive overdose of vaccines that they have been subjected to for the many, many decades that you and I have been uh, around on this planet. And we, we, we're calling it normal. Correlation doesn't lead to causation. Well, if you press into it deep enough, you'll find there's some legitimate grounds for causation there. Why? Because when you look at kids that have not been subjected to these kinds of massive vaccine regiments, they don't near about have any of these kind of problems. That's so obvious to see. But we're deceived. Uh, What we're going to have to do also, you guys, as we do get ready to close, is we're going to have to learn how to say the things that I'm saying when you have the resources to back it up. Uh, and do it in a way in which it avoids um, the inflammatory uh, conflict of party lines. That's kind of the next strategy. If we're going to recover, we have to get out of the dialectic of um, left-right um, conflict. It's what I'm going to really be talking about in the marriage series, too, because we have to actually find ways by which we can all see this evil and begin to work through it. It's not going to work that the left simply says the right is bad and the right simply says the left is bad. That's working into the play of the higher powers who are working both sides against the middle. So until we become wise enough to know how to agree to disagree with the objective of finding out what the truth is, uh, we're just simply pawns in a dialectical system, which is marvelously working to bring the whole world under the new world order, which is already here. Now, the only ultimate escape is Jesus. Repentance and faith and trust in Christ and asking him to transform you from the inside out. And uh, you can think globally, I do, and act locally. You ain't got to try to solve every problem. (laughs) No, just a little here, a little there. You know, just exercise, bless its integrity in the small dominion that you have. Thank you. Um, Every man under his fig tree and every man under his vine tree. Um, If you can discipline yourself to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh and let people see you trusting Christ and depending upon Christ, but being knowledgeable of all this stuff, you are your brother's keeper, as am I. Um, We might be able to influence some people to come up out of it and then God might move in our behalf. But I can tell you, it starts with calling out on him until we do that. We can argue all you want. God's not on the left or on the right. That's what he said to Joshua. He's on God's side. 
you and I need to be on God's side too. Until next time, God bless you. God keep you. God cause his face to shine upon you. God give you his peace. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.